This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. On this day in 1986, Dennis Rader, also known as the BTK killer, strangled Vicki Lynn Weggerly. Vicki was Rader's ninth victim, but wasn't his last. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Dan Cummins, from Incredible Feats. His show explores unbelievable tales of physical strength, mental focus, and genuine bizarre behavior. Dan is here to discuss the investigation into Vicki Weggerly's death, while I'll cover the day of her attack. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Hello, everyone. Today, we're diving into one of the horrific murders committed by Dennis Rader, known for his chilling mantra, bind, torture, kill. Now let's go back to the morning of September 16, 1986, in Wichita, Kansas. Twenty-eight-year-old Vicki Weggerly was playing the piano when she was interrupted by a sudden knock at the door. She stood up and stretched before walking to the window. She was home alone with her two-year-old son, Brandon, and wasn't expecting any guests. When she peeked through the blinds, she saw a telephone repairman standing on her front stoop. She instantly relaxed and hurried to open the door and greet the man. He told Vicky that the phone company was doing repairs in the area and asked if he could come in to make sure her line was working. He seemed entirely official. He wore a phone company hat and even carried a briefcase. Vicky ushered him inside. The man walked over to the telephone first and started to inspect it, using some sort of device Vicky didn't recognize to check the wiring. While he worked, she returned to her piano. But the moment she turned her back, she felt something cold pressed to the side of her head. She turned around slowly. The repairman glowered at her from behind the barrel of a pistol and ordered her up to her bedroom. Vicky tried to fight back, but unfortunately, she couldn't overpower her attacker. The man dragged her down the hall and tied her hands. Vicky refused to go down easy. She warned the man that her husband would be home any moment to eat lunch with her and tried to make as much noise as she could to alert the neighbors. But it wasn't enough. In an instant, the man took a nylon stocking, wrapped it around her neck, and held her down. Vicky's body convulsed violently. Then, after a moment, she stopped moving. Only minutes later, Vicky's husband, Bill, headed home from work to get lunch. 
As he neared the house, he passed Vicky's car driving down the road, but noticed someone else was behind the wheel. With trepidation, Bill pulled into his driveway and slowly approached the front door. Nothing appeared to be out of the ordinary at first, except for the fact that his two-year-old son Brandon was playing in the middle of the floor all alone. Bill crept through the house until he found Vicky tied up in the bedroom. He rushed to call the paramedics, but there was nothing they could do. Vicky Weggerly was dead. Authorities initially named Bill as their prime suspect. Vicky had no known enemies, and Bill failed not just one, but two lie detector tests. Luckily for him, detectives didn't have enough evidence to charge him, but that didn't stop residents all over town from blaming him for Vicky's death. His children were taunted and ridiculed at school. They were told their father was a murderer. For 18 long years, many believed that Bill Weggerly had killed his wife. Then, in March of 2004, a local reporter received a mysterious letter in the mail that changed everything. The envelope contained a copy of Vicki Weggerly's driver's license, as well as photographs of her tied-up body in the bedroom where she was killed. But they didn't look like crime scene photographs. After comparing them to those found in Vicky's file, the reporter discovered that her body was in an entirely different position in the new pictures. The EMTs had moved her before the police arrived. The reporter felt a chill run up his spine. The photographs weren't taken by the police. They came straight from the killer himself. Coming up, Dennis Rader, the infamous BTK killer, is finally caught. Hey listeners, I want to take a quick moment to introduce you to the newest ParCast original on the block. It's called Incredible Feats, and it's a short weekday show hosted by comedian Dan Cummins. Every weekday, Dan shares a true account of physical strength, mental focus, or genuine bizarre behavior, going behind the scenes and into the achievements of world-class athletes like Dean Carnassus, who once ran for nearly 81 hours without stopping, and performance artists like Lucky Diamond Rich, who boasts layers of tattoos in the most unlikely places, and even everyday people thrown into extraordinary circumstances, like Juliana Kopka, who was forced to survive alone in a rainforest for 11 days. Incredible Feats is offbeat entertainment that's sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, and always surprising. New episodes air daily, Monday through Friday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. 
On September 16, 1986, 28-year-old Vicki Weggerly was strangled to death in her Wichita, Kansas home. For 18 years, the police believed her husband Bill was the killer, though they never found enough evidence to charge him with the crime. But in March of 2004, a mysterious envelope arrived at the desk of a local reporter, which blew the case wide open. Inside were pictures of Vicki Weggerly on the day of her death, photographs that had to have been taken by the murderer. My guest host, Dan Cummins, is going to take over from here to talk about the final hunt for the BTK killer. Thanks, Vanessa. After new photos of Vicky's violent death emerged in 2004, Lieutenant Ken Landweir knew exactly who was responsible. Ken had spent most of his career hunting down the BTK killer, a serial murderer who had bound, tortured, and strangled at least seven victims in Wichita during the 1970s. By the time Vicky was killed in 1986, however, the BTK killer had all but disappeared, which is why nobody thought to connect the two at first. But Vicky's death shared plenty of similarities with BTK's past crimes. In January of 1974, he cut the telephone wires before gaining entry to the home of Julie Otero. She, her two children, and her husband were his first known murders. In April, he struck again, strangling a woman named Catherine Bright. Shirley Vianne followed in March of 1977. Nine months later, when Nancy Fox was murdered, the police knew for sure they had a dangerous serial murderer on their hands. But despite their best efforts, the BTK killer evaded capture for decades. He occasionally called police or newspapers to boast about his crimes, but nothing he said revealed his true identity. That all changed in 2004. BTK started planting cryptic hints all around the city. Barbie dolls referencing his past murders, cereal boxes, pictures, and even a manuscript for a proposed autobiography. He pestered the local authorities and media with letters, sometimes writing, how many do I have to kill before I get some attention? This rapid desire for fame turned out to be his downfall. In one of the packages, he had inserted a floppy disk with some of his writings, thinking it couldn't be linked back to him. He was wrong. Police were able to trace the disc back to a 60-year-old man named Dennis Rader, the president of a local Wichita church. At first, it seemed to be a dead end. Dennis was an Air Force veteran and a loving father. He'd led Boy Scout troops for years and had once intervened to stop his coworkers from speaking inappropriately in front of his secretary. Everybody that knew him believed Dennis Rader was a good man. But his DNA turned out to be an exact match for evidence found at the scene of Vicki Weggerly's death. After years of torment, Bill Weggerly's nightmare was finally over. His wife's killer had been found and he could sleep easier. On February 25th, 2005, the FBI arrested Raider. Just a few hours after his capture, Raider confessed to everything. He smiled as he described all the gruesome details of his murders to investigators. To this day, nobody's certain why Raider did what he did. Upon searching his home, police found a trove of sexual fantasy cards and believed that these helped him hold off on killing during the years he was inactive. But even after his confession, Raider's friends and family had trouble believing he was capable of such horrific violence. Everybody knew him as a man who lived his life by the book. 
He followed instruction manuals closely and insisted that the Boy Scouts learn the ins and outs of every knot. His kids loved him. Raider kept the darkness inside him completely hidden for decades, but he couldn't keep his secret forever. Hopefully, the fact that he's now behind bars serves as some measure of comfort to the families of his victims. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Dan, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Incredible Feats, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Stacey Lee Nemec, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and stars Dan Cummins and Vanessa Richardson. Hey, Parcasters, don't forget to check out the brand new Spotify original from Parcast, Incredible Feats. Join host Dan Cummins as he explores true accounts of weird, wonderful, and all-out wild achievements. New episodes premiere daily Monday through Friday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>